bad guy someone's always got to be oh yeah i got you on the wrong thing again let me switch you over here <laughs> you ever heard that song before oh uh, yes i have oh really that's the first time i've heard it all right is that billy billy ellis yes it is yeah i kind of yeah, like I, the beat when you got you got three girls in the house you tend to hear all those songs so <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is Tristalk Sunday night, and I'm Donald Wayne. And I'm Dennis Lee. Was that a little easier for you to come in? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, Donald, well, Donald Wayne got zapped. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Had to straighten out your hair. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that or something else. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, that actually, that was. Um, that took me right on in. Yeah. All right. Well, there's no, no, no having to find you on the live block or anything like that. It takes me right into the show. I didn't realize I'm all that for I, the easy button, Donald Wayne. Yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, uh, thanks to Eric for, I mean, I saw that, uh, thing a long time ago. I didn't realize, you know, he'd use it for live shows until he said something. And, and so thank you, Eric, for bringing that out for me. Yes. And, indeed. Uh, now we everything that we can do to make life easier. Uh, I mean, really. I guess we should say that this. I was thinking about it right before the show. This is the first time since we started up Trice Talk again back last July. It's been about ten months, I think, in my head or close to it, uh, that we haven't actually been live on a Sunday night. But we're doing something a little different tonight. We're doing an un. Uh, well, it's not, I think it's called, what is it called now? It's not unpublished. It's, um, um, unlisted, I think something like that. Uh, anyway. uh, a private show. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the opposite of public. So you have to have well, invitations. That would, be, that would be private, wouldn't it? Well, I know, but yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, I guess it would be, but it doesn't say private on there. Uh, but this is the first time that we haven't done a live show since we started other than the mini pods that, that I do, which I don't ever do live unless that one or two times I made a mistake. Um, but we're just trying something a little bit different tonight. Uh, we'll still publish it like we always do. Uh, but we're making some program changes and some stuff in the show this week. And, uh, tonight was just a night to kind of get our feet wet <laughs> with this format. There's nothing wrong with change, people. Nothing wrong with change. Um, 
Actually, it's a little, I mean, I've said this before, it's a little less pressure for me. I don't feel as much pressure. Um, it's almost like you have guests to your house and you feel like even if you don't do a good job of being a good host, <laughs> when, when we're live, sure. I feel like I should be answering or looking at the board and acknowledging people coming in. And sometimes that's a little bit of a distraction. Not that I don't enjoy um, seeing our regulars in there, you know, I, I will miss them tonight. Uh, right. but it, it, it is just a little less pressure. I don't know how you feel. I mean, I don't, you don't do any like this, do you? You do all yours live. Here. No, I, I do all mine live. I mean, I do do some, um, you know, when I'll, I'll, I'll do some, uh, some songs. You do do? I do do. I do. <laughs> I will. I will create some songs that uh, I will upload that are done privately. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do. I do all my shows live. But you know, it, it's kind of weird. I mean, I guess I should do them privately because I don't. I interact with people in the chat, but I really don't have any call-ins on Tall Tales. Yeah. Just because. Um, the story, I, I have a limited amount of time to get through my stories. So, um, well, that's kind you know. of the same way it is for us, you know, when we do Trice Talk. I mean, we love to have callers, although we don't have them, you know, frequently, other than maybe some, you know, Eric or LEJ or, or Crimson or someone like that. Occasionally we get Robert, but, um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I feel like when we're hosting, <laughs> we're responsible to make, you know, acknowledge people and, and make them feel wanted and make them feel comfortable or, you know, when they say something or chat something, uh, I don't respond too often because I, I just can't keep up with it. Uh, I'm not as good at that as you are and Eric is, but it's, you know, it's just something that uh, we needed to try tonight, and, and hopefully everybody, uh, when they get a chance to listen to it, they'll enjoy it as much as if they were here with us. So that's our goal. Indeed. Um, so how was, how was your weekend? I mean, today was a gorgeous day. Uh, and yeah, it was a gorgeous day today. And actually, Saturday wasn't a total washout. Um, no, not until the storms came through at, I don't know, well, it was, seemed like it was. Uh, I know it was like sunset. ten o'clock or something. Yeah, yeah. it was late because we were sitting down watching a movie last night, and I think it was around nine o'clock and it started thundering and lightning. Um, but yeah, it it wasn't bad. I watched or we watched six movies yesterday. I mean, literally, other than getting up to eat, just really. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. I love those days. I mean, you know, I can't do it all the time, but uh, right. just, you know, watch stuff that made us feel good. It was just one of those days that we enjoyed not doing anything. And uh, yeah, the older I get in the yard. Move gravel and dirt and stuff. So I made up for it, but it was beautiful yeah, we weather today. Oh, it was great. We went out to the park and there was people picnicking and, and stuff everywhere. And we just went out and enjoyed nature and, you know, chased after geese and ducks and looked at turtles. And yeah, it was a I, good day. I was going to take uh, 
Maggie, the dog, yeah. um, up to that uh, field up there on on uh, you know on, on uh, 120, and uh, that that land that was set aside that was going to be actually it was going to be a shopping center, but the Cobb, the West Cobb community got together and said that they didn't want it because of the traffic issues and so forth. And now, considering you know the way that shopping centers are going, it was probably a good thing. Um, oh yeah, but it's, it's a neat little area to go up there and walk. I've only done it twice. First time I got lost because there's really not much signage <laughs> to direct <laughs> your, when the path splits, uh, you know, there's not much to tell you now. I think they've improved it since I, I was up there last year, but uh, it's, it's a neat place to go on, on pretty days. Yeah, they have, uh, um, they have wildflower fields up there. They have an oh uh, gosh, what's the what's the bee place called? Not a it's not an aviary. Um, anyway, a place, bee place. Yeah, where they, they have um, uh, three beehives up there, setting on stands, and and so oh, they wow. they're uh, they're raising bees up there so they can help pollinate all the the wildflowers. You know, make it more of a a nature place. So you can go up there and get some honeycomb. I wouldn't uh. suggest it. Maybe <laughs> on a day like today, you might get away with it because it was probably too yeah. cool for the bee. You know, they're see, not very see, active in this kind of weather. See some stoners out there blowing pot smoke on it, thinking that'll <laughs> subdue the bees. I really don't think it works that way. People. No, I, I think you have to have one of those smoker things, uh, but yeah. you still want a net <laughs> around your face. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't do that. Um, although, I think in Georgia, they put it. Uh, I'm sure the neighbors wouldn't appreciate it being in the backyard. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more people who do that than uh, than what we may think. Uh, well, yeah, and I don't I don't know what the uh, uh, what code enforcement is on that because um, there are some people. Here in, in Cobb County, I've seen, you can see they've got a big track of land. They've got beehives on it. Yeah. Well, because, you know, uh, bees are in, endangered. Uh, uh, I was reading an article not long ago. It's one of those, you know, save the world kind of things. But uh, bees and butterflies and stuff like that are uh, in the d decline because their habitat's declining. So, uh, you know, probably any kind of effort we could make to uh i mean they serve a great purpose without them we'd be in trouble there'd be a lot of stuff that wouldn't grow in our our little uh world but yeah no they've already said without bees you can go ahead and kiss humans goodbye <laughs> and you, you know you figure there's a lot of that really the the old circle of life if you disrupt it um It'd be a lot, a lot worse off than what you think. That's one of the things we did binge on was a little bit was um, this thing on Netflix um, called Rotten. And uh, it's just got all these stories about our food supply chain and all the horrific things that happen to get what you enjoy on your table. Chocolate is horrible. Slavery is involved in that. Um, to get like, the cocoa. 
Yeah, considering uh, you know what parts of the world it <laughs> comes from, I, I could see that. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did they have on there? Garlic. Garlic. Um, slavery in involved in garlic in, in this slave. There's human um, humans. Uh, there's uh, all kinds of stuff involved in garlic. Um, really? Yeah. It's it's a very interesting series. We've only just started watching it. Um, and sugarcane, sugarcane was another one that you wouldn't believe the low wages that people are paid in the inhumane working conditions to get a bag of sugar on your store shelf. And there's like only a couple, um, two, there's a two major suppliers of sugar, um, for the United States. And we are the biggest sugar um, users in the world. So, aren't they from the Caribbean? Isn't it? No, uh, uh, no, this is uh, South American. Oh, South America. Well, yeah, I mean, you, it's you grown were... in several places, actually. But yeah. Well, the reason I said that is because I was reading an article uh, a couple of months ago. Actually, I was. I was trying to do a thing. I was doing some research on slavery and, you know, because so much of this uh, uh, critical race theory that's going on in this country right now and some other things in that 1619 project talking about slavery. So I thought, well, I'm going to start doing some research on it. And actually what I read was the first time, now, this was this particular article, and I can't even remember who it was by, but um, said that slaves were first brought to this country officially. Uh, they were brought here as just a way stop to go to uh, the Caribbean. There was, And I thought it was sugarcane. Maybe it was another, another product they were harvesting uh, down there. But they, for some reason, they came to America. And oh, yes. Were, no, well, it was. Yeah, there was, um, but they didn't. They didn't bring them to America for the sugar cane. Um, it was in, down in South America. Yeah, but no, the, not here to do it. But it was a, a stopover for some reason. Okay, and, yeah, it may have been like down in Florida area. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and the, maybe South Carolina, but Florida. But anyway, it was a stopover, and they were never intended to come here because at that time, you know, the South hadn't started. Uh, growing cotton and all those things that, that, you know, eventually ended up, you know, being a market for the slave trade here in the, in the country. But it was for those other countries, you know, they were just, for whatever reason, they had to stop over here and then they were transporting them further south or wherever they had to go. So, you know, the article was saying that originally slaves were never brought to this country to work in this country. But uh, they were brought for these other countries. It was just, um, you know, like a transfer station or something. And then, then of course, the cotton thing uh, became a, a deal in the South. But I, it was interesting because, you know, everything that you read, uh, of course, and I won't get into that tonight, but everything that you read talks about, you know, we first brought slaves to this country for the United States to use in, in agriculture. And uh, that wasn't actually true, according to this particular article. I'll have to, 
I need to finish that series because I was going to do it as like two or three mini pods, and I just got busy and couldn't couldn't get back to it. But I, I could imagine, uh, especially in, in foreign countries where some of that stuff is done, anything in South America would have to be a question mark. Um, you know, as far as the, the labor that they use, of course, you know. Well, they actually tried it in, um, they tried it in Florida as well, but, um, it totally started decimating the area. Cause it takes so much, so much acreage to do the sugar cane. Sugar cane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I imagine the hurricanes and stuff would, it wouldn't take much and some of the thunderstorms. And then, and of course we still get freezing weather in Florida. Um, right down as far south i think as as orlando at times so yeah but i was watching uh, one of the movies that i was watching yesterday was captain fantastic and i've seen it before and i don't know if you've ever seen it with val kilmer as a guy raising his kids after his wife dies no i have not the raising in the wild it's it's a neat story it almost reminds you when it starts out it's like these it's kind of reminiscent of what the hippies did in the late sixties and and seventies about communes. Uh, I was, was going to say Swiss, Swiss family Robinson, but yeah, hippies work too. <laughs> yeah. But it's not a commune. It's just a guy. And I think he's got two, three sons and two daughters and, um, and he's raising them in the wild. I mean, you know, the little kids are, are actually field dressing a deer. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, and I was thinking I probably never would have made it if I had been born in an earlier time. I, I don't know. Cause I, just, well, I mean, at, at that point though, you wouldn't have known you'd, you'd been doing like everybody else. It's like, you know, I mean, you got to eat. Um, I know I'd have been a vegetarian pick berries and, <laughs> Yeah, make sure you know which ones are the right ones to eat. I mean, uh, bears can look. live on berries, so you know. Yeah, I don't think they live on them very long, Donald Wayne. You seen how big bears are? <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna you, at least have to get some fish or something, you know. Uh, you might want to put that on your list because it's a very it's it's Val Kilmer and it's it's a is it Val Kilmer? No, it's not Val Kilmer. Oh, it's that guy that played in. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord played. of the Rings. Yeah, he was the horseman um, that saved oh, Frodo. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is that guy's name? I said it's not Val Kilmer. It's anyway. He's in it, and he's the father. Yeah, you figure. threw me off with Val Kilmer because I had seen the uh, preview for it, and I thought it was. Um, uh, Whoever that guy is, Morgan Steen uh, or Morgan uh, Stern, Morgan, <laughs> Morgan, uh, Morgan, <laughs> Morgan Stern. I don't know. What's the name of it again? Uh, Captain Fantastic. Uh, yeah, because I saw a clip. I saw the preview of them in a restaurant and it was oh, yeah. like, you know, get up. We got to get out of here. They're starving to death. Yeah. Um, they not Vigo, ever Vigo, Vigo, Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, v, v, Vigo or Vito? I guess it'd be Vigo. Because <laughs> Vito would be Italian. Yeah, yeah, I think Vito's uh, 
you know, maybe his brother or something. <laughs> no, Vigo Mortensen. And then it's actually got Frank Langella in it. Hell, I thought he was dead. Yeah, Frank Langella. Um, he's he's uh, the father-in-law. It's a good movie, uh, but it's not a family movie because the kids cuss like sailors. Oh, um, the, the dad doesn't yeah. have any problem. And actually, there's a nude scene with uh, Vigo oh. in it. Uh, Vigo and Samantha Eisler, probably. Uh, no, he's actually walking out of a trailer. Oh, actually, okay. they have a, a bus that they've converted into a travel thing. And uh, he's walking out of the bus one morning and he he's standing there and is in the nude. And uh, one of his Lord, kids says, got... uh, <laughs> Ted, you got to wear clothes to the table. So, <laughs> yeah, six kids. Good Lord. That's yeah, a lot. It's, it's really a good movie. It's. It's just oh, you got you got an Oscar nomination out of it for a leading role, um, yeah. and it, it budget was five million dollars. It didn't say how much it gross, but uh, scored eighty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not bad. No, it's 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 a good story. It's just the you know it, it kids cuss in it, and uh, it's that's about the only thing. Um, well, that, you want to hear kids cuss? We went down to the playground today and. You know, uh, the grandbaby, she reported back what she heard uh, over near the swings. And I'll tell you what, it's like, well, don't you ever repeat that. We don't have you talking like that. No. Where are their parents at? Um, <laughs> but then, you know, they were they were saying the same thing. So, uh, Well, I told you that I think it was back on podcast a couple of months ago. I was talking about being up in in uh, Rhode Island that time with the, the storm uh crew that i went up there with and uh in a restaurant it was a mcdonald's i think it was but it was fast food and the whole family was cussing the grandmother the grandfather the little kids i mean it was just like mf this and f you <laughs> and i was like I'm, i looked at the guy that i was with i said i wonder if all these people talk this way up here but it oh was, man, I'll come over the table like a howler monkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my favorite. I hopped scene up in on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite uh, scene in that movie. Oh, I loved it. I love it. Um, sweet baby Jesus, sweet cuddly <laughs> baby Jesus. Um, that was a funny movie. Uh, <laughs> but oh, yeah, goodness. it was a movie day, and it was it was just fun. I like those once in a while where I don't have to do anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I guess we <laughs> we have a little leeway tonight since we're we're doing this a little bit differently. But uh, you want to roll into our first subject here? Let me see if I can. Oh, I'm yeah, doing, go right ahead, sir. I, oh, that's that's oh. <laughs> that's the uh, safety uh, first. I don't that's think. the Bluetooth no. thing that I just want to find another way to do that so badly um i tried today but it didn't work you connect a hard line to it and it, it just fizzles um, well i tried connecting uh you know the uh sound system actually the computer where when i'm play and tried spotify and i tried to hook it directly into the same port where i have the bluetooth and it'll play, but it don't. It's it's like it's mono, so you only get part of the track. And I can't figure out why that would be different. Well, than, you have to uh, you have to 
press the button on the focus right to where it says instrument. Well, I do. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but it I would guess play. it just doesn't hit hit the right ring on there. You know the yeah. little rings they've got on the adapters, right? Just then, then, then go in all the way or something. I don't know. But I thought, gee, if I could just bypass this Bluetooth thing, because you know the sound would be so much better if we could pipe it in direct. Uh, because all of my songs are on Spotify, and it's easier for me to pick them on the list on the screen than it is on my phone. But yeah, I'm going to keep working on that. I, I'm going to go up to um, to um, Best Buys one day see if I can get one of those nerds to give me a little advice. Uh, you said that Guitar well, City was going out of business, didn't you? Yes, yeah, so you may be able to get a deal down there, Donald Wayne. Uh, yeah, there won't be much help because they're like, "Look, I'm, gonna, I'm looking for a job." So, yeah, they've um, never. I, I've never cared for this little store we had put in up here down the street. No, you got to go to the one off forty one. They're actually involved and yeah. care about what you're doing most of the time. Well, they're the ones that helped us to get the original equipment. Yep, for our first yep. podcast. All right. So anyway, the first thing on my list, oh, I'm looking at some wallabies crawling up a tree here. What in the heck is that? Uh, I think that might be called a possum, <laughs> Donald Wayne. <laughs> you ever seen a wallaby uh, climb up a tree? Uh, is it at your house or is it on TV? Uh, Did I lose you? Hello? 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 Uh, can you hear me, Donald Wayne? Hello. Well, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go on to this first thing, just in case. <laughs> Can you hear me? And it shows that you're still on here. So, wouldn't it be fun? Hmm. Okay. So the, the first thing I've got on the list tonight is um, it's from the uh, Mike Huckabee. It's a Sunday edition of his newsletter. And it um, is talking about, I don't know if anybody's seen any pictures of it, but it's talking about the rainbow flag is going to be used by some U.S. embassies. Right. Uh, Biden has given permission. So I'm going to go into the article. There's a, a short part here that, Huckabee writes, and then I'm going to, uh, there's a link to another article um, by, well, it doesn't, let's see if it says here. Yeah, so it's, a, it links to another article by, in the Western Journal published uh, by Jack Cowhick, of all places, I mean, all names. All right. The Biden administration has given a blanket authorization to U.S. embassies to fly the rainbow LGBTQ flag, pride flag, on the same flagpole as the American flag to promote gay rights. This isn't a requirement, but can be decided by individual embassies based on local conditions. Uh, for instance, in some Counties like Saudi, it says counties, but it's countries like Saudi Arabia, where homosexuality is a capital offense, it may be dangerous to fly that flag. So they're probably not going to do it there. Hang on a second. I'm looking at the screen. My ring is glowing. 
I can hear you. My ring is glowing. Can you hear me, Donald Wayne? <laughs> I cannot hear you at all. I'm talking here now. Hmm. Um, I'm not really sure what to do about that. Nope. Nothing here. I just uh, you're still showing Uranus. that you're connected. Of course, I'm reading all of your I text. am talking about Uranus Please don't now. tell me that you can't call back in. Um, I don't even think that I can go back in and, and do that without shutting down the show. But I can't hear a thing. Let me try something here. And... Uh, it's a planet that if you go to it, all right, it is very gassy. And what? Uranus. Uh, can you hear me, Donald Wayne? I can hear you now. Oh well, Lord, I, you may have to go back in and edit some of that. <laughs> um, well, you know, here's something odd. This is odd because. Uh, I mean, I was hearing you fine, obviously, because we were having a conversation before I started talking about this article. And then when you disappeared, I looked at everything and then I thought, well, let me look at this speaker thing down here. And the volume was all the way down, but I didn't change it. So I, Weird. I, I don't know, you know, <laughs> what would a show be without some kind of technical issue? But anyway, I'm glad yeah. you're back. So. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm All right. Here. So now let me go back and talk about Jack Cowhick. Um, what a name. Talking about this. Now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, you know, beam me up, Scotty. Uh, I don't know where I was, but let's say start here. So is Jack, Jack Cowhick Lick points out in the article. <laughs> Um, this is using, all right. I think I've already talked about that. Embassies to pander. Okay. Uh, this is using American embassies to pander to Democrat voting blocks, but in a really cowardly way, since they'll only use the flagpole meant for old glory to virtue signal only in places where it doesn't require taking any real stand or risk. And as he notes, that's not to say that the staffer should fly the rainbow flag in places where it could spark violent assaults like Saudi Arabia, but it is to say it shouldn't be um, flown on the same flagpole as the American flag at all. So anyway, so let me click on this link here for Jack Cowhick. Love me some Jack Cowhick. I know, boy, he's 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 a good one. Uh, so... Old Jack goes on to say, while mass protests are rocking the homeland and our enemies continue to size up the new president, the Biden administration is laser focused on how woke the country looks. In a diplomatic cable reviewed by foreign policy, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, I mean, Winken, Blinken and Nod, issued a blanket authorization for U.S. embassies and consulates across the globe to fly the pride flag and on the same pole as Old Glory, no less. How did we allow woke optics to drive our country this far? 
The Cable and a State Department official confirmed Blinken's authorization allows foreign diplomats to fly the flag before May 17th, the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia, as well as for the month of June, which is recognized as Pride Month in the U.S. and many other countries, according to the New York Times. Blinken noted in the cable that displaying the flag was not a requirement and asked diplomats to make their decision in light of local conditions, as it should be considering the U.S. has embassies in nations like Saudi Arabia, where homosexuality is a crime punishable by death. In short, the Biden administration wants countries to openly support LGBT rights, but only where they won't face opposition for it. This emphasis, the true cowardice of President Joe Biden and his administration, when in no trouble, they'll gladly fly a pride flag and symbolically equate it to the U.S. flag to boast about their openness and acceptance of the LGBT community. But if it's even possible, they might have to fight for something they claim to believe in, they scatter. Of course, that isn't to say embassies should fly the pride flag in countries where it's dangerous to do so. The U.S. shouldn't fly the pride flag at embassies at all, let alone on the same pole as the flag that stood over Iwo Jima and on Mount Suribachi and on the moon. If nothing else, actions like this prove the Biden administration only concern lies within appearing woke to the masses rather than actually standing for what they believe to be right. During the Trump administration, then Secretary of State Mike Pompeo denied MC's request to fly the pride flag on the same flagpole as the U.S. flag. Then Vice President Mike Pence defended the decision in 2019, saying in an interview with NBC News that when it comes to the American flagpole and American embassies and capitals around the world, one American flag flies. Clearly, the Biden administration is noting is nothing like the previous one. Biden appears to be weak to foreign leaders consistently, including our enemies, something former President Donald Trump never allowed. When North Korea attempted to challenge the United States world position, Trump warned of fire and fury. When he had the opportunity to, to avenge hundreds of Americans who died thanks to General Hasim Soleimani and his, what, Kuds forces, Q-U-D-S, Trump took it. Trump was a president of action and the world knew it. Today, the world only sees a weak new president with a weak administration. The authorization wasn't the Biden administration's first attempt at faux support for the LGBT community either. On his first day in office, Biden signed an executive order aimed at preventing discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identification. So um, there's a little bit more to that, but I saw a picture when I first saw the article, I saw a picture. It's not that one. Oh, it's this one. And it doesn't say where it is. It, well, let's see a rainbow flag and an American flag are seen in New York city, but guess which freaking flag is flying on top in this picture in New York city, Oh, geez. the rainbow flag. Now, mm. 
the only thing I'm going to say about it, I don't care if they fly the rainbow flag somewhere, but I, right. you know, I, I think it needs to be on a separate pole. I mean, you don't, you don't even put flags of other nations on the same flagpole as the United States flag. So this, yeah. th this thing about putting them on the same pole, you know, is in my opinion, is disrespectful to the American flag. Um, but I don't, Again, I don't have a problem with them flying it somewhere, but it needs to have its yeah, own pole. Definitely. So they you know, they, you know, problem with them flying any other flag. Just, well, here's my thought. Yeah. I mean, okay, so if 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 this if this becomes a thing, well, the, who's to say we shouldn't be flying the Black Lives Matter flag or or Tom, Dick, and Harry's you know uh, social conscious flag? Uh, there is no end to that if you start something of that nature. But if you put if you keep the American flag on a pole by itself, its own flag pole, and, and you can put any others around it that you want, as far as I'm concerned, I don't really care. But, you know, the, the American flag needs to have its place of dignity and, and respect, and it needs to be maintained. And that's yeah, all I got to say uh, about that. Well, you know, they had a Tom, Dick, and Harry flag. I mean, I, I might have to throw <laughs> that out in the yard. Just for the com com comedic value there. Um, yeah, you, you know, uh, oh. there's a story out. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, am, I, am I here? Am I here? Am I there? Can you hear yeah. me? I, I did lose you for about 30 seconds. I was I was reaching for the button again. Oh, good Lord. Um, there's a... There's a there's a story out by the Hill, which I don't always like their articles, but Biden has been very destabilizing in the first 100 days. Old uh, Lindsey Graham says, um, says Senator Lindsey Graham, who's the re Republican uh, out of South Carolina, accused President Biden of taking destabilizing actions during his first months in the Oval Office arguing during a Fox News Sunday appearance that uh, the president's foreign policy has been a disaster and that Biden has thrown a wet blanket on the economy. Um, I think he sleeps with a wet blanket, actually. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's hearsay. Um, uh, well, you know, Jill, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, that's not I a, mean, really. Um, that's not a knock against her, <clears throat> is it? Oh, well, no, I, I didn't mean it to be. I apologize if that is what uh, people have taken. But uh, the South Carolina Republican told host Chris Wallace um, that he was uh, in the 43%, referring to the percentage of Americans in a new Fox poll who said they disapprove of the job Biden is doing as president. He said, I think it's uh, he's been a very destabilizing president, Graham said. And economically... He's throwing a wet blanket over the recovery, warning to raise taxes in a large amount and regulate America basically out of business. Uh, while on the other hand, in La La Land, AOC Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Democrat out of New York, said his first 100 days exceeded her expectations. And so did that Jaeger bomb she had last night. That's all you <laughs> need to know, Graham said. He didn't say that. I just threw that in there. Um, that's all you need to know, Graham said, referring to the progressive lawmaker. Um, Graham went on to attack the president's handling of the ongoing surge of Central American migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border, which Republicans have blamed on Biden's reversal of Trump-era 
immigration policies that Democrats decried as inhumane for years under the previous administration. How's that going for you now, Biden? Um, he's been a disaster on foreign policy, Graham added. The border is in chaos. The Iranians are off the mat. He's opening up negotiations with the Iranian regime that they haven't done a damn, to ch- a damn thing to change. Afghanistan is going to fall apart. Russia and China are already pushing him around. What the hell is he doing? Graham remarks come just days ahead of Biden's planned address to a joint session of Congress later this week, marking his first hundred days in office. And he took his long, sweet time to get here uh, to this uh, uh, planned address. The president heads into the week with positive approval ratings in most recent polls, including a Washington Post ABC survey released last uh, released on Sunday. While the president received positive marks in the poll for his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and the economy, which, you know, I'm glad to say uh, there, Biden, that was already being handled by the previous administration. You're welcome. He faces (laughs) criticism for his efforts to manage the situation at the border, as he should. Um, I guess there's more boxes of those. you know, let us in Biden shirts that are being transported down to the border. Um, and then the horrible things that he's, you know, that they're doing with the kids. As much as they ragged on Trump for his mishandlings of the border and wanting to put a wall up and having kids in cages, um, they're not doing yeah, any better. All they've done is rename the cages uh, now. <laughs> well, and, and he did, you know, he did put... Uh, Kabbalah in, uh, in, in control over that situation. And has she been to the border yet, Donald Wayne? I don't know. Remind me. Yes. Uh, has she, yes. she been there? I mean, yes. Oh, she has. When did, yes. when did she go? Um, <laughs> where did I, I was looking for that when you, when you started talking. I, I guess it was another uh, thing that I was looking at. Uh, it said Kamala goes to the border. And it was. Um, uh, was it I in California? No, I think it was Vermont. <laughs> it, was, it was something up in New England. <laughs> she went to the border. Um, and well, so she didn't even know where the uh, hell yeah. they're getting in the country at. That she's lost. She's like, yeah, I've been I've been to the border <laughs> and uh, everything looks fine. I want yeah. to tell you. Well, the Canadians are not trying to get in here, come on. Yeah. It's it's yeah. freaking everybody south of the border. Jeez. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really. think there's anybody from the frozen land that's trying to get in up here, although that's kind no, of weird. No. Canada's just laughing at us, like our caller Brandon said, you know, on uh, what was it, uh, Sunday show, you know. Yeah. We, we yeah. just sat, sat back and watched the reality show unfold. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she went to the wrong border. So, anyway, yes, yeah, she has technically been to the border, and that's probably the way they'll spin it. But it was the wrong border. A border. She's a border. border. Well, I went to Vermont. What do you want, Biden? (laughs) Oh, you you went to Vermont. Okay. Well, that's that's fine. Uh, I mean, this is bitch. uh, I told you, New Mexico. (laughs) 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 You 
You need a new driver. No, yeah, yeah, don't mess with him. He'll get irritated in a hurry. Um, yeah, jeez. So, Lord have mercy. That's all of that story, Donald Wayne. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had more on that. I was just, when you said no, the border that's thing. Quite I, enough. I saw that and I thought, I haven't heard about her going to the border. And then I looked at it and said, you know, Vermont, Vermont, what, what, what's the problem there? So uh, she's, <laughs> she's, a, she's a piece of work. She's right. a piece of work. That's right. Yeah. Just that's because right. we're not live tonight, I'm going to try not to utter anything. Um, <laughs> I saw well, that. Yeah, just, you uh, have to go by. You have to go back and edit it. <laughs> just Duck said something on. Uh, I, I don't know if it's Thursday or Wednesday of last week, but she, she. I was saying something about the mini pods, and and she uh, commented that Donald Wayne almost lost it and said something bad on a mini pod because I I was getting upset, yeah. and um, I don't know that you heard that particular one, but yeah, I was a little bit frustrated when I was talking and it was, it was right on the tip of my tongue. And I said, no, you know, reel it back in. I can't do that. That's, I don't George do George is getting angry. Yeah. That's <laughs> got, got to feed the baby. All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about Caitlyn Jenner. I, I'm sure you've heard okay. that Caitlyn's going to be running for governor of California. I did. I read that this morning. Um, I heard about it a few days ago, but I thought, well, you know, you never know whether that's going to be something that actually pans out. But, uh, this in this Mike Huckabee newsletter for Sunday edition and, um, Huckabee says he just wrote a little piece on it and I'm going to link it up to something else. But Caitlin Jenner announced that she is running for governor of California to replace Gavin Newsom. This is great news if for no other reason than Jenner is a Republican and it's going to be so much fun watching the Democrats and the media try to figure out a way to call her a transphobe. So, I mean, what are they going to say about what, what can they get away with saying about Caitlyn Jenner uh, right. other than uh, right. knock her for being a Republican? Um, they can't right. get ugly like they would if it was, uh, you know, um, just a, if it was anybody else, I don't know what else to say. All right, let me click on this. Um, there's actually a thing. It links to, I almost said Twitter, Twitter. Huh. And <laughs> so Twitter, actually, Twitter. Yeah, can't, can't do without a Twitter. But um, evidently, she announced this on uh, Twitter. So. It says for immediate release on April the 23rd, press uh, and at Ka Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner files initial paperwork to run for governor of California, Los Angeles County. Caitlyn Jenner today filed paperwork to run for governor of California. Visit CaitlynJenner.com to follow her campaign and to get California moving in the right direction as more updates will be announced in the coming weeks. California has been my home for nearly 50 years, she says. I came here because I knew that anyone, regardless of their background or situation in life, could turn their dreams into reality. But for the past decade, we have seen the glimmer of the golden state reduced by one-party rule 
that places politics over progress and special interest over people. Sacramento needs an honest leader with a clear vision. I've been a compassionate disruptor throughout my life, from representing the United States and winning a gold medal at the Olympics to helping advance the movement uh, for equality. As Californians, we now face um, we face a now or never opportunity to fundamentally fix our state before it's too late. Taking on entrenched Sacramento politicians and the special interests that fund them requires a fighter who isn't afraid to do what is right. I am a proven winner and the only outsider who can put an end to the Gavin Newsom's disastrous time as governor. Californians want better and deserve better from their governor. For too long, career politicians have overpromised and underdelivered. We need a leader with a vision and the resolve to see it through. This will be a campaign of solutions, providing a roadmap back to prosperity to turn this state around and finally clean up the damage Newsom has done to the state. Small businesses have been devastated because the over-restrictive lockdown. An entire generation of children have, have lost a year of education and have been prevented from going back to school, participating in activities or socializing with their friends. Taxes are too high, killing jobs, hurting families, and putting an especially heavy burden on our most vulnerable people. This isn't the California we know. This is Gavin Newsom's California, where he orders us to stay home, but goes out to dinner with his lobbyist friends. In the next few weeks, I will meet with Californians from across the state, from the North Bay to the Central Valley to Orange County and San Diego, to hear their voices and finally get this state moving in the right direction. The significance of this decision is not lost on me. The sacrifice is significant, but responsibility is great, and I can't wait to lead, to help, and most importantly, to disrupt the status quo once again. I'm in, she says, and uh, then it just goes on to say there will be a formal announcement in the coming weeks. So I'm excited for California. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking right. that, uh, it, you know, one, it's a Republican, and then to somebody who seems to be, you know, certainly not uh, uh, afraid of uh what I want to say, the press or negative press or not really afraid of what people are going to say about her. So, you, you know, it's almost kind of like a maybe not brash and, and, and as mouthy as Donald Trump, but certainly as somebody who's not afraid to uh, put themselves out there and go against the grain. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him. I mean, I, I hope she's the right person to do that and un unseat the, the Democrats in California. <clears throat> but yeah, we'll see. Exactly. We'll see. Yeah. I need some glimmer of hope there in California. Lord well, knows you know, they don't have a lot to get excited about there. Yeah. It's just, for, it's just, I guess, legal marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only reason they're legalizing they drugs. In these in these states, is because they got the state so screwed up that they well, if we'll keep people high, they won't give a shit. As long yeah. as they can have That's legal right. drugs, they'll stay here and keep paying high taxes and uh, just keep suppressing them. 
long as they have enough left over to buy a bag of weed, uh, you know, what does it matter? <laughs> I mean, did they really arrest people in California for drugs anyway? I mean, I don't, I guess, uh, oh, uh, yeah, well, they used uh, Kamala, to, like crazy. Kamala Harris wouldn't know about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, no. she's the bust people for even thinking about smoking a joint, you know, while well, she was she admitted blood to, in the back room. But yeah, she, she admitted to smoking uh, marijuana, didn't she? Didn't she? Uh, yeah, well, she also admitted to listening to Snoop Dogg in college, and that was before he was actually on the <laughs> air. So, uh, you know, but well, when you're high, you, uh, you remember all kinds of things that you didn't actually do. So, yeah, there's certain drugs Allegedly. you can take and, right. and you can have premonitions. <laughs> Right. I had a, <laughs> it was in a dream I had. Uh, yeah. Really. A cloud. Um, well, speaking of California, and actually, I only say that because of Hollywood, um, there's an article that came out by, uh, of, of all people, CBS News. They did an interview with John Voigt, uh, and, you know, and it, it's titled, I Have to Say My Peace. Um, and we like some John Voigt. Uh, great. And, yeah. Um, Mission Impossible, and his politics are lined up with us, too. Um, so it goes on to say, on a sunny afternoon this month in Los <laughs> Angeles, John Voigt was feeling groovy, uh, tap dancing alongside Turner Classic Movies host Ben Mankiewicz. Uh, he's saying, Wild Thing, you Mankiewicz. make my heart sing. Yeah. You know the guy who uh, hosts the uh, Turner Classic Movies? The guy with the glasses. That's not the one that's been doing it for years, is it? Uh, I mean, no, it's the one that's been doing it for a while. Yeah. Um. Uh. But did you know uh, that Voight's brother Chip Taylor wrote the hit "Wild Thing"? I didn't. Um. Yeah. Well, he he did, and like the song's title, this Academy Award winner is a bit of a loose cannon, especially in 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 this town. Um, He says, "I'm an interesting person to myself." He said, "I'm interesting, very interesting guy. I know where I stand, and I have to say my piece if I'm going to say it." And there's a picture of him dancing to "Wild Thing" that Ben Mankiewicz is playing on his phone. Um. He said there's plenty John Voigt wants to say, but first let's get to his career. Over seven decades, Voigt has been memorable and mesmerizing. He's played cowboys, convicts, champs, and chumps. Um, And at age 82, he's set to return as Leif Schreiber's conniving gangster father in Showtime's Ray Donovan. I haven't seen that. Have you seen that, Donald Voigt? I have not seen that. Um, I, I don't even have Showtime. Um no matter the character, though, the motivation is the same. You're trying to get to that truth of it, you know, that <laughs> essence that illuminates this moment or story, Voigt said. It's a wonderful thing. It's a spiritual thing, he said. Um, a devout Catholic, Voigt uh, was uh, born in 1938, 20 miles outside Manhattan and a million miles from Hollywood. He said, I'm from Yonkers, New York, and I like it. Uh, I liked it. You can't have heirs when you're from Yonkers, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Sid Caesar didn't have heirs. He was from Yonkers, too. And every Saturday night in the early 50s, as the Voigt family watched your show of shows, young John found inspiration. 
He said, I give him credit for my career as an actor, he said. I used to imitate Sid Caesar doing his German professor, you know. After college, Voigt found work on and off Broadway with Robert Duvall in a view from the bridge as, and also as Rolf in The Sound of Music. And I didn't know that he was in that. I didn't either. Um, it says in 1969, <laughs> the break of, is there some music playing? <laughs> I'm, I think I'm having a flashback. It said, uh, and, oh, Wild Thing, there it is, as brothers chiming in. In 1969, the break of a lifetime with the support of his friend Dustin Hoffman, Voigt landed the part in the, of the naive gigolo Joe Buck in Midnight Cowboy. Voigt says much of the dialogue was actually unscripted. He said we used to improvise all the time. <laughs> and he said Dusty and I, we were walking across the street and he hits the cab and says, you know, hey, I'm walking here. Hey, I'm walking here, man. And up yours, you whatever it is. And then he turns around to me and I'm thinking, this is great. Let's stay in character. Stay in character. Don't cut. And we got it. Uh, to this day, Midnight Cowboy is the only X-rated film to win Best Picture. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I uh, didn't know it was X-rated. Perfection. Yeah, well, I guess it is. I never paid attention to it. Uh, perfection quickly became opportunity, though, not necessarily the right one. He said, I turned down Love Story because I was smart enough to see that I'd mess it up. He laughed. <laughs> Uh, why would you mess it up? Asked Mankiewicz, and he said, "Because I'd make it too complicated." If if he was looking for complicated, Voigt found it in Deliverance. The 1972 classic is a brutal survival film. Um, old Ned Beatty. Um, he said Deliverance earned a Best Picture nomination and further cemented Voigt as a heavyweight actor. Um, six years later, Voigt delivered another searing performance opposite Jane Fonda in Coming Home, this time as a Vietnam War veteran who's lost the use of his legs. Voigt prepared by spending nine weeks in an L.A. hospital with wounded vets and learning to live as a paraplegic. He said, man, these guys embrace me. Uh, Voigt won Best Actor Oscar for Coming Home, yet to this day what he remembers most about that night isn't winning, but a brief moment backstage with Fred Astaire. He said, I'm crazy about Fred Astaire. He said, I mean, he's a magical talent. He said, let me step aside. And, and I said, no, no, Mr. Astaire, I have to step aside for you. And uh, I don't know why it touches me so much, he says, but I think it's, you know, it's because the value of our work and the appreciation for the greatness of this artist's work and all of the artists that preceded me. Um, and uh, he doesn't like to dance like a stare, but boy, it glides from genre to genre, thrillers, courtroom dramas, and even comedies. Lately, though, it's not merely his acting that gets attention, it's his politics. Voigt is more than a staunch conservative. He's a vocal Trump loyalist in largely liberal Hollywood. Critics of his latest film, Roe vs. Wade, call it propaganda. The movie examines the circumstances that led to the Supreme Court decision legalizing abortion, and Voigt plays Chief Justice Warren Berger, 
He said, look, man, I'm a conservative, as you know, and I'm not so happy with the government involvement in anything, he said. I'm very concerned about our country. I'm very concerned about this attack on free speech. I don't like it that we can't sit down and talk about everything. We're all unique. There's no one that's different or better or whatever it is. We are all unique, he says. Um, another sensitive subject, too, is his daughter, an actor, uh, actress and director, Angelina Jolie. They've had a turbulent relationship for years. Voight has only good things to say about her, though. Uh, Mankiewicz said, you've been proud to, that your daughter followed in your footsteps and is so good at this, not just as an actor, but as a writer, director, too. And he said, yeah, she's really remarkable. She's got her own thing, man. She's got her own way of dealing with things, you know. She's very clear. Um, praised her as a director. And, you know, and, and then they brought up about um, about retirement. And he said, he says, I, I, I do know I care about the industry. And I know that I still feel the same way when I get a part that I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But I'm excited to go on this journey and try to figure out, you know, um, and he said, I won't retire. You, you can shoot me as a dying person in bed. You know, you can always do something. If I can move one eye, I can wink. And that's enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah. <Wow>. Okay. <laughs> oh, John, one uh, eye. <laughs> you know, yeah, old John, one eye. But, you know, Voight, he's a, he seems like he'd be a cool guy to hang out with. You know, he doesn't put up with anything. He's, li he, you know, he's living a good life. Well, and uh, he hates what's going on with this country as well. I know. I mean, it, it's so refreshing occasionally to to have somebody from Hollywood come uh, come out as a conservative or a Republican, whichever. Um. And, and speak their voice, you know, because it's, I mean, they're just like lone ships in the night and all that wasteland of, of, of liberalism in Hollywood, which has never really made sense to me. But I, I liked uh, Voight. Yeah. Did you remember him in, in Anaconda, the first Anaconda with, um, Oh, with, yeah. Uh, Lopez. He, uh, didn't he have a patch over his eye? He only had one No, eye. but he, he squinted oh. all the time. He had squints. Okay. <laughs> and he had like this um, Guatemalan accent or something. like. A, yeah, he had some kind of. He had a South American accent. accent. Yeah. Had, his little, had a little uh, man bun in the back or a little ponytail. Mm -hmm. um, he was, I mean, it was a weird character. But yeah, he did have some kind of accent, almost like he was trying to be a a Cuban Godfather or something. It just, it just didn't. I can't. Fit. I can't imagine that was one of his, um, one of his, um, one better role moments there. But yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. It, it, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it was, it's one of those. Um, I don't. I'm sure you've seen it. Have you? Have you seen the original Anaconda? If not, that's okay. Well, I mean, I've seen the Anaconda. I mean, well, there was two. There were uh, there was one with uh, Voight, and then there was a second one called the um, the Blood Rose. I think it was the Blood Rose or Blood Flower. Oh, or I didn't see. I, I didn't see that. Yeah, that was a different group of people because you know John Voight. Well, I won't tell you how it ends because you you and I know how it ends, but um, but also right. John. 
Oh, I was that wasn't John. I was thinking he was in the rundown, but that wasn't that wasn't Void. That was the um well, I, we're not doing movie night, so I was thinking he was in rundown, but he wasn't. Never mind, but he was in Anaconda. All right. Uh I guess we can uh, have you got a this day in history, Dennis Lee? Well, I'm glad you asked Alan Wayne. There's a <laughs> There is a day in history, and this day is no different. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> this day in history, April 25th, 1983, the Soviet Union releases a letter that Russian leader Yuri Andropov, or Andropov, how does this do that, wrote to Samantha Smith, an American fifth grader from Manchester, Maine, inviting her to visit his country. Sounds like a pedophile. Andropov's letter came in response to a note Smith had sent him in December 1982 asking if the Soviets were planning to start a nuclear war. Well, I'm sure that she they'd go ahead and send you all their plans, little Samantha. Of um, course. At the time. Why wouldn't they share? I mean, why not? I mean, they're fair you know, people. She's, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, what's she going to do with it? Um at the time, the United States and the Soviet Union were Cold War enemies. Um, President Ronald Reagan, a passionate anti-communist, had dubbed the Soviet Union the evil empire and called for massive increases in U.S. defense spending to meet perceived Soviet threat. In his public relations duel with Reagan, known as the great communicator Andropov, who had succeeded longtime Soviet leader Leonid Brezhnev, in 1982, assumed a Folsky, um, what almost grandfatherly approach that was incongruous with the negative image most Americans had of the Soviets. Uh, Andropov's letter said that Russian people wanted to live in peace, to trade and cooperate with all our neighbors on the globe, no matter how close or far away they are. And certainly with such a great country as the United States of America. In response to Smith's questions about whether the Soviet Union wished to prevent nuclear war, Andropov declared yes. I mean, Samantha, we in the Soviet Union are endeavoring and doing everything so that there will be no war between our two countries, so that there will be no war at all on Earth. But if Reagan starts it, we will end it. No, I'm seriously, he didn't say that. Um <laughs> Andropov also complimented Smith, comparing her to the smucky character Becky Thatcher from The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain that he watched on a weekly basis. That Andropov, I mean, he's a funny guy. Smith, born June 29, 1972, accepted Andropov's invitation and flew to the Soviet Union with her parents for a visit, never to be seen again. I'm just kidding. I threw that in there as well. Afterward, You'd like she to became an international. <laughs> I love it. Um, afterward, she became an international celebrity and peace ambassador, making speeches, writing a book, and even landing a role on an American television series. In February 1984, Yuri Andropov died from kidney failure and was succeeded by Konstantin Chernenko. Uh, or Ninko. The following year, in August 1985, Samantha Smith died tragically in a plane crash 
at age 13. Oh Whoa, there's a whole conspiracy thing there. I mean, Andropov died. Samantha died. She was 13. Hmm. Um, anyway, we'll leave that alone. But yeah, that was this day in history back in April 25th, 1983. Donald Wayne. Well, those were the days, my friend. We oh, thought they'd never that? end. Ah, oh, the days of wine and cheese. Um, <laughs> you I got the boys here. Are you ready for them to get going? Or oh yeah, just slap them up. Oh, uh, let me let me let uh, cold Lenny over here. Hey, oh, wake up there, buddy. Yeah. I don't know if that's me, but boys. they sounded a little, a little more energetic. They had Maybe. a little more pep in their step. I, yeah. They came out be getting, trying to get off the juice. I'm not sure. Well, you know, job, actually, maybe maybe you spurred them on, you know, by using that alternate uh, uh, song well, last week. Yeah. Maybe uh, they might have felt a little threatened. Y'all go, y'all go in the kitchen there and make yourself a sandwich. <laughs> uh, all right. Help yourself. Well, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's past midnight, so it's technically uh, the 26th of April. Uh, but I, I got to mention these two that were in the 25th. I mean, I kind of hate that I'm not getting to do them because one of them was um, National Hug a Plumber Day. And I got news for you. I don't oh. I mean, I, I would imagine if I tried to hug my plumber, that, you know, I'd either get hit with a wrench or, um, you know, there would be some kind of fisticuffs involved in that. But maybe, you know, maybe. pull his pants up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, don't hug a plumber from the rear. (laughs) (laughs) That could could lead to a whole other kind of situation. Um, Lord. But uh, is also this one I didn't quite understand. I'm not even going to click on it, but it says National Pet Your Parents Day. So I'm <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, Okey dokey. Well, so we're going to go on uh, to any yeah. ideas there, Donald <laughs> Wayne. That's just not in the cards. I'm sorry. To no, say. I'm not asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking. For any special consideration <laughs> or anything. Um, oh, all right. Goodness. So for April the 26th, um, I'm not going to do all of these. Uh, first one on the list is National Audubon Day, which, uh, you know, that's that's um, about birds. <laughs> that's best I can say. It on- oh, well, it honors the, the birthday of James... Uh, John James Audubon, uh, who is the um, French-American ornithologist, naturalist, and painter, noted for his extensive studies of American birds. 
in his detailed illustrations. So, you know, and of course, everybody's heard of the Audubon Society, or I guess they still have that. I mean, I'm sure people still run around yeah, trying to take, sure p- take pictures of birds and stuff. Yeah. Uh, actually, bird watching can be fun if you're in an area where there's a lot of different variety of birds. But yeah. um, I don't know that a lot of people <laughs> take time to do that today. Today is also National Dissertation Day. Um, and that's really, it's a reminder to continue education students to reminder to continuing education students to maintain their focus and complete their pinnacle of their education. Well, good luck on that after last year. Hmm. And it's just, it's just talking about education. So, I mean, we're lucky if any, uh, any kids going to school, of course they're going to school here in, in our County in Georgia. So, uh, it's also, (laughs) National Help a Horse Day. Um, oh, okay. So it, it encourages horse lovers and advocates to join forces and protect abused and neglected horses. Uh, the day raises awareness of the need for horse sanctuaries and rescues. I will say that I'm not, you know, they every, every once in a while they run these uh, animal rescue things on, on TV, these ads, and they show some pitiful pictures i mean i've seen where they've gone in and rescue uh, dogs you know where the people have had 50 and 60 dogs kept on a property and they were malnourished i've seen pictures of horses in the same manner where you can count the ribs on the side of the horse they were so malnourished um it's just hard to believe that people you know could abuse animals like that but um so I, i i guess that's a good day to you know, for people to think about that with horses and, and any kind of animal. Uh, National Kids and Pets Day. Well, you know, so go out and buy your kid a pet. Um, it says it's a, an important decision that can lead to a lifetime of bonding between pet and child. Uh, maybe a lifetime they remember. <laughs> Of course, if you buy a bird, you know, yeah. uh, so, certain birds, they live 50, 60 years. But, um, yeah, I'm, I think the first pet I ever had yeah. was a turtle. I got it at the state yeah, fair you know, in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> what? Was that where you, where you pitched the dimes? Is that? Uh, you, I don't remember what I wanted. To... But, you know, they had the lizards, too. Do you remember the lizards? Did they have them when, when you were a kid? I, I don't remember the lizards. Um, you could get, you'd win a lizard, a little chameleon, actually, what it was, uh, and have a string tied around its neck and a safety pin, and you'd pin it on your shirt, uh, which wasn't a good thing what? to do if you're riding some certain ride. Oh, yeah. I remember having one. Um Sure did. Where's uh, Where's Peta? Where's Peta? I guess they're not involved in that. Um, Peta wasn't around um, then. I mean, it was everybody okay. for themselves back in those days. And I, you know, thinking back about it, I mean, that was an awful thing. But I mean, you didn't think anything about. I mean, they had these little boxes uh, of of these chameleons, and and I don't remember. It's probably tossed something and win them. Um, and you'd pin them on your shirt and you could walk around with them running up and down your 
your shoulder, of course, probably it wouldn't work for you like that because you don't like things crawling on you like. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not a real big fan of that. Uh, I and and their feet are cold. Yeah, yeah they're, they're cold bodied. So when they run across I, your neck, I'm pretty neck, sure they, they, they don't really care to be, uh, you know, <laughs> stuck on somebody's uh, shirt either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at this jerk walking around with me, and then you get on a ride yeah. that goes upside down. This poor little lizard is dangling from his string yeah. as, as you're doing the if barrel only roll. They <laughs> if only they could have tied it on my tail. Little they know it's going to break off. I could have escaped, but uh, but I, I always let them yeah. go when I got home. I never, I, I didn't keep because I didn't have a, uh, you know, an aquarium or anything that I could put them in. So uh, it's also National mm -hmm. Pretzel Day. Um, I mean, oh, what can you say pretzel. about pretzels? It says that hasn't already been said. I know it says a bag of nice, crunchy, salty pretzels or a big, warm, soft cinnamon pretzel. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm sounding like a, a goose with a with a voice problem. All right, uh, just a couple more here. What day is it? I lost the day of the week. Oh, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, how did it end up down here on the 29th? It says uh, National Richter Scale Day. You know what that is, right? You, you've 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 measured your Richter I'd be before. Like a, uh, <laughs> I've, I've yeah, I've measured it and I've seen it. Um, uh, it's that's, uh, that's a, uh, <laughs> it honors the birth. That's a shaky, that's a shaky situation there, Donald Wayne. It's uh yeah it's it's the birthday of what is it oh well Bino Gutenberg let's see is he the one that sure the it is <laughs> <laughs> uh, he first used, Bino Gutenberg Richter first used the scale back in 1935 uh, he invented it so he invented it in yeah, I guess it was 1935. Anyway, so that, you know, that's measures the earthquake intensities. Uh, you know what the highest setting on the Richter scale is there, Dennis? Uh, uh. Uh, is it a uh, 9.0? Close, 9.5. Oh, and that okay. was the, well, that was yeah. the great Chilean earthquake. Uh, remember oh, Chile? the Chileans, huh? Yeah. I like a good bowl of chili. You like, <laughs> Especially you like a good Chilean? <laughs> well, oh, oh, I clicked, I clicked one too many. Um, uh, it sounds like it. I got, where's one more? I keep losing the dates. Uh, oh, it's National South Dakota Day. So, you know, I guess we're going to. Oh, well. You got honor Nobody South gives Dakota. a damn about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry, nothing against yeah, South Dakota. I don't think we have any listeners sure in South state. Dakota, and we certainly at this rate. Well, we did. We don't now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. That's it for National uh, National uh, Value well, Day or get, whatever it is. Let me get. Uh, Slim to get the sandwich out of his mouth. Hold on one there, second there. 
There you go. All right. Thank you, boys. Thank you, boys. You can go ahead and take that with you. Don't don't worry yeah, about it. Take what? You better make sure you, uh, you know what you're telling them they can take. Uh, the <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So you got something on uh, something that did something to somebody, right? Yeah, well, you know, to, it's a worthless story to me because I don't give a damn about them anyway. But um, <laughs> Newsweek, Newsweek uh, has a story about SNL. Lauren Michaels slammed after Elon Musk announced as host. Then <laughs> they tell him, retire, you bootlicker. <laughs> by What's he, you host? An article by, um, he's going he's gonna to uh, be a host of Saturday Night Live. Um, they're running out of people who want to come on the damn show. Um, <laughs> well, they haven't had Biden on by there Chris. yet. Uh, well, they doubtly, they doubtly will. Cause you know, they got to start it promptly and I don't know if he'll be able to find <laughs> where it's at. Uh, Christina Zhao wrote this article. She said NBC Saturday night live and Lauren Michaels, the show's creator faced mounting online backlash Saturday after it announced that Tesla CEO, Elon Musk, will host the variety show next month. On Saturday afternoon, the official SNL Twitter account announced Musk as the host and Miley Cyrus as the musical guest for May 8th. The move immediately drew backlash from critics and fans online and within minutes. Lord Michaels began trending on the social networking platform. Um, Musk, eccentric billionaire, CEO of, S of Tesla and SpaceX, and one of the wealthiest people in the world, just about, has become one of the most controversial business leaders in recent years. Musk has drawn outrage for his stance on COVID-19 throughout the pandemic. As the pandemic grew in March 2020, Musk tweeted, the coronavirus panic is dumb. Um, <laughs> choose your words wisely, my friend. Um, last month, Musk argued without evidence that there is some debate over the safety of the vaccines. He also insisted that kids are essentially immune, despite evidence growing that children can catch the disease and become sick. But the percentage, folks, is very, very, very small, very like low. almost non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some Twitter users criticized SNL and Michaels for simply allowing a billionaire CEO to host, while others expressed outrage that the show would give a platform to a person who has shared dangerous coronavirus remarks. Users also accused Michaels of failing to learn a lesson after letting then-Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump host in 2015. Lauren Michaels remains the undefeated bootlicker, tweeted Ben Schouten, um, whoever the hell he is. The Palmer Report, a liberal, liberal political blog, tweeted, <laughs> of course, Lauren Michaels, liberal, uh, of course, Lauren Michaels is... is Letting dangerous loon Elon Musk host SNL. TV networks pay no price when they do harmful things for ratings. SNL pay no price letting Trump host. Cable news paid no price for lying about Hillary's emails. Oh, please. You're Jeez, obviously brain dead. Um, 
We all pay a price, but not the TV folks, he says. Uh, Palmer, you don't have much to report. Let me just put it that way, buddy. Well, I'm glad that Lauren Michaels and SNL learned their lesson from having Trump host, and they'll never do something that ill-advised again, tweeted Neat Pickle Eye. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> take that pickle and stuff it in your eye. That's about all you got. Um, director Aaron Stewart on tweeted, can't wait for Lauren Michaels to look at the, all the talent that's out there and have Matt Gates host the, uh, with Chet Hayes as musical guest and a special game show skit with a cameo by Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, <laughs> proof that Lauren Michaels learned nothing from giving Donald Trump a platform, tweeted TMROJ. Um, and at Jay Thurber show tweeted, Lauren Michaels helped humanize Donald Trump too by sticking him on SNL and Jimmy Fallon coming next season. Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, yay. Uh, Lauren Michaels <laughs> didn't do anything to help Donald Trump. If anything, we could probably dig a little deeper and see that Donald Trump helped Lauren Michaels, I'm sure. And yeah. back in the day is what I'm talking about. A little bit confused. Do people think that very rich, rich Lauren Michaels is a friend of the working class who just does uh, an oopsie sometimes? Tweeted writer Mora Quint. Um, and at Jeff and Will tweeted, SNL is objectively the worst it's ever been. I agree with you there, buddy. Lauren Michaels needs to retire and NBC needs to clean house completely. I agree, Jeff. Just shut the whole damn thing down. Um, yeah. Newsweek reached out to NBC for comment, but of course no one replied. This story will be updated with any response if they receive it, and I doubt that they will. Look, SNL has been a a at very best a big steaming piece of of dung, um, you know, for the last probably 20 years, um, you know, close to that anyways. So, and they're huge leftist, um, um, they have a huge leftist affiliation. So, you know, they they have a huge liberal, liberal agenda and that's why everybody's freaking out on them because they're like, you know, what happened to you? You know, uh, you're letting this billionaire, I mean, you know, well, maybe if he divulged that he was going to get a, you know, uh, a million dollar check from him or something. Uh, yeah. You know, nobody can have wealth, you know. Um, it'd be interesting to see, and, and I don't care because I don't watch the damn show anyway. It's horrible. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if Elon Musk is replaced or not. So, well, Unfortunately, for those of us that were around from the early years, I mean, when you you measure what they've had in in the last, like you say, maybe 20 years, and I can't really comment too much because I haven't watched it. The only thing I watch things on YouTube sometimes. I love the um, the uh, the Jeopardy segments, but I don't that that was probably what. 15, 20 years ago itself. I, I don't know how and, old they are. And I say 20 years, probably in the last, realistically, probably in the last last 10 to 12 years, um, because the early 2000s still had a good crew there that would make you laugh. But the past, at least the past decade, 
Um, they've just gone way downhill. I mean, they've been spiraling out of control. Well, they used to make fun of everybody um, on both sides right. of the aisle. They make fun of anybody that was funny, you know, in, in the news, political wise. And, uh, and, and like these people that are complaining about who's on there or that Donald Trump was on there. I mean, why are you so afraid for someone with a different opinion to be on your show? Um, it, you're just afraid for somebody to see like they like, like that person said about Donald Trump. Well, they, they humanize Donald Trump. Well, he is a human, <laughs> you know, with his, with all the faults yeah. and, and, and things that go along with being a human being, but you know, come on, be, have a little, little variety. You know, if you're not afraid of somebody, then why, why wouldn't you want them to be on if, if they could draw an audience, but I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't truly watched it. And I, and that's sad because I remember being excited on Saturday night, knowing it was about to come on and just, just all the talent that was on there. But, um, I don't know what happened. Maybe the uh, generational thing, maybe the, maybe the generations coming up just aren't as funny or maybe what they're trying to be funny about. Isn't the same thing as, as those that we grew up with. Well, all right. Uh, let me see what I'm going to do here. See if I can do this quickly. Um, I don't remember if I talked about the other night that that Arizona was allowing uh, that they had won in court to have the right to uh, do a recount in Maricopa County, Arizona. Um, no. Okay. All right. Well, if I didn't, so the Republican Republicans in Arizona have been trying to get uh, win a legal case to, to be able to recount, uh, 2 million ballots in Maricopa County, Arizona, which is one of the hot areas of the state where they felt like that there was some, uh, shady dealings in last year's election. So, uh, Mike Huckabee writes this article. Now it was approved, a judge approved for them to do this audit last week or the last time I talked about it. And I may have done it on a mini pod, but then this article says, um, well, let me just read the article quickly. Mike Huckabee has anyone who has absolutely nothing to hide ever gone to so much trouble to hide it as Democrats have in fighting any and all efforts to examine the 2020 presidential vote Friday, a transparent audit of over 2 million ballots and voting machines in Maricopa County, Arizona was about to begin on live stream when a judge halted it in response to a lawsuit by Democrats. They offered all sorts of eyebrow raising arguments such as, such as that the audit is tainted because election critic Lynn Wood donated, donated some money to the, uh, the crowdsource fund to pay for the auditors and that it would cost Arizona taxpayers money. Of course, Democrats are notoriously opposed to wasting the taxpayers' money, we know. Of course, if they really wanted to make sure it's honest, they're welcome to come monitor it just as anyone else is. The judge gave the Democrats until Monday to explain their arguments, but only if they would put up $1 million bond to cover the cost of the delay if they lost the 
the argument. They failed to put up the dough, so the audit will proceed. Um, so then he links this uh, to an Epic Times article, and let me run through that one real quickly. An audit of votes cast in Arizona's largest election during the 2020 election is proceeding after the Arizona Democratic Party on Friday refused to pay $1 million bond. That's why the judge said they could go ahead and, and start counting. And, and they're going to actually look at the uh, voting machines as well. The Arizona Democratic Party will not risk our supporters' hard-earned dollars to pay off the cyber ninjas for a procedure they are billing Arizona taxpayers to the tune of $150,000. That's not a lot of money considering how much money Democrats like to spend. Uh, Cyber Ninjas is one of the four firms hired by the state Senate to conduct the audit. Maricopa County Superior Court Judge uh, Chris Corey said during a hearing early in the day that he would temporarily pause the audit until at least Monday so he could hear more about uh, Democrat concerns that they laid out in the lawsuit. There is an obligation to comply with Arizona law to ensure that voter information is protected and remains confidential and does not go anywhere, Corey said. But he stipulated that the audit would only be paused if Arizona Democrats put up $1 million, which it refused. The party said it was looking forward to reviewing information that the court ordered cyber ninjas to produce. The company has not responded to requests for comment. The Arizona Republican Party said in the statement, Democrats bluff called and they failed to post a million dollar bond to stop forensic audit. A court document states that Corey ordered a suspension of the audit until Monday upon posting of the bond. But since the bond wasn't posted, uh, the matter is mute. Another hearing on the issue is still scheduled for April the 26th, which is today. Uh, Corey wants a briefing then on the legislative Im immunity issue, the separation of powers and whether plaintiffs have adequate standing. The legal battle over the audit has played out for months. Maricopa County's Board of Supervisors previously, previously asked the judge to block subpoenas from the state Senate, but the judge ruled the county had to comply with the subpoenas. Steve Gallardo, the sole Democrat on the five-member board, joined the new lawsuit, which was filed Thursday, and claimed proper procedures were not being followed at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix, where the audit is being held. Over 2 million ballots and nearly 400 tabulators were delivered to the Coliseum earlier this week as contractors prepared to conduct the review. Arizona Republicans said the audit will help bolster public confidence in the election results. The audit is being streamed live here on Epic Times. Uh, oh, Rupla, Rupala Dasa. <laughs> That's the best I can do with that. Rupala Hustu told the judge that there have been security problems at the Coliseum and that the audit workers were violating state law by using blue pins instead of red ones. Are you serious? Did you there's a there's a law that says you have to use red. Jeez, oh, oh, I guess they're saying they're using red because it's Republican. Corey Langehofer, uh, 
so Langehofer <laughs> and Bessaha, whoopaha. Uh, Corey Langehofer, an attorney for the defendants, argued that the plaintiffs did not provide evidence for their claim and also said that members of the legislator let legislature are immune from civil process while the legislator is in process, in session. Jeez, give me a break. Corey said his goal <laughs> is to make sure voter information is properly handled. I do not want to micromanage, and it is not the posture of this court to micromanage or even to manage the process by which another branch of government, the legislature, the Arizona State Senate, proceeds. Corey, the judge said. However, it is the province of the court to ensure voter information and those constitutional protections are held sacrosanct, and that also includes protection of ballots under Arizona law. Gee, boy, they just get all this legal stuff. Um, oh, boy. Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, Hobbles, Hobbs. <laughs> A Democrat urged Arizona Attorney General to investigate potential violations of the state's election laws in connection with the election audit. So they're investigating election fraud. Now the Democrats want to investigate fraud of the election recount. Um, so fraud of the fraud. Hobbs told Attorney General Mark, God, where do they come up with these people? Mark <laughs> but yeah, Mark, let's just say Mark, a Republican, that there have been reports indicating that the Senate failed to secure the equipment and ballots its contractors are auditing, resulting in unauthorized and unmonitored access of both. Uh, let's see what. Adding the Hobbs alleged the Senate may have violated election laws, but provided no evidence besides referring to them. Uh, as recent reports. This does not meet the standard of credible allegation. It is speculation insufficient to support the request for an official investigation. Moreover, the separation of powers in our political system mm -hmm. demands mm -hmm. deference to co-equal branches of government to conduct their lawful business, he wrote uh, the judge again. It would be, therefore, inappropriate to interrupt the audit process simply because someone asserts that it could be handled in some other manner. Any such request should be directed to the Senate president, uh, Karen Fon. So the Democrats, they've been trying, they've been trying everything in the world to stop this audit in, in uh, Arizona since basically last November, <laughs> towards the end of November. And they're still on the day that it was, you know, the judge said, the court said that they could go ahead and proceed. Then the Democrats go in there with another allegation to try to stop it again. So why, if you're not worried about the results or the, or the Republicans finding something, why are they fighting so hard to stop these recounts? Right. If you have nothing to hide, let it go. And then settle it for once and all, because if you don't let let these things, you know, proceed and, and process normally, then there's always going to be that question mark in the air. Of course, the Democrats are OK with that. They don't care whether it ever gets settled or not, because they're just going to say that it's false and they're all lies and uh -huh. uh, they expect you to live with it. Well, it don't work that way in this country, folks. All right. All right. I'm done with that.
um, you know, in an in effort to preserve time, Donald Wayne, we might want to wind down. We're, uh, we're on the uh, 18 minutes till closing time mark. <laughs> well, didn't, did you have something else that was not long? Yeah, you know, I may be able to squeeze this one in. Why don't you uh, squeeze your submarine in so, there if you can? <laughs> uh, let me let me squeeze my lemon. Um, so yeah, there's a you know there's been a massive hunt for this Indonesian submarine. Uh, Newsweek p- just put out an article today that Indonesian submarine uh, was found and it was divided into three parts on the seafloor. The Navy said sadly. Um, an Indonesian submarine that went missing off the coast of Bali has been found split into at least three pieces on the seabed, the country's Navy said. All 53 people on board are thought to be dead, with Indonesia's president offering his condolences to the families of those aboard. Um, this is definitely a tragedy. The KRI Nangala 402, a 44-year-old German-made submarine that underwent a refit in 2012 lost contact as it prepared to carry out a torpedo drill on Wednesday. Navy chief of chief of staff uh, with a chief said, uh, Udo Margano said that the search teams have located a vessel at the bottom of the Bali sea. The associated press reported following a press conference on Sunday An underwater robot equipped with cameras found the submarine lying in at least three pieces at a depth of uh, 838 meters. That's 2,750 feet, Admiral Admiral Morgano said. The KRI Nangala is divided into three parts. The hull of the ship, the stern of the ship, and the main parts are all separated with the main part found cracked, he said. He said the crew were not to blame. The cause of the disappearance is still uncertain, although the Navy has previously said an electrical failure could have left the submarine unable to execute emergency procedures to resurface. The head of Indonesia's military, Marshal Hadi Tajanto, (laughs) told reporters, based on the evidence, it can be stated that the KRI Nangala has sunk and all of its crew have died. The submarine was found at the depth that experts said was well beyond its survivable limit. It was thought to only be carrying enough oxygen for three days. Uh, earlier, President Joko Widodo sent the families of the victims as condolences. All of us Indonesians express our deep sorrow over this tragedy, especially to the families of the submarine crew, he said. Those on board included its commander, Marine Colonel Harry Situan, 49 crew members, and three arsenal men. I don't know what that means. Um, Winnie Windayenti, 45, the wife of Colonel Situan, told Al Jazeera on Saturday that her husband was not supposed to be on the submarine, but joined because he did not want to leave his junior crew to carry out torpedo training exercises without his supervision. The submarine's disappearance led to an international search operation involving the U.S., India, Australia, Singapore, and Malaysia. Submarine accidents can often be disastrous. In 2000, the Russian nuclear submarine Kursk suffered internal explosions and sank during maneuvers in the Barents Sea. 
Most of its 118 crew died instantly, but 23 men fled to a rear compartment before they later died, mainly of suffocation. In November 2017, an Argentine submarine, and I didn't even know they had them, uh, went missing with 44 crew members in the South Atlantic almost a year before its wreckage was found at a depth of 800 meters. That's 2,625 feet. Jeez. So, yeah, they've been looking for this submarine for a while, but they finally had found it today. Sadly, no one has survived. Oh. Yeah, I I just can't imagine being in a submarine personally. Uh, remember, well, you probably don't remember. There was a submarine, I think it was in the um, late 60s or early the 70s. Red October? Oh. No, no, it was one that it was a, I don't think it was a nuclear submarine, but it it developed problems and, and sank to the bottom and, and it, it just collapsed you know imploded and uh i just i don't know by nature those things scare me i, I don't want to be that far down underwater <laughs> and plus they're so tiny there 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 was a um um in mobile bay in alabama they had a battleship there in in the bay that you could go on and uh walk through and then they also had a uh, submarine it was a small submarine that you could go through and you walk through that thing and it's almost like a closet uh and and you think about people living in those things sometimes two and three months at a time underwater i just don't see it don't that'd see be it. horrible yeah I, I i'd go Can you nuts imagine the creaking and all the noises that you would hear oh yeah every- for that thing to implode yeah, the first pop I heard, we're going to die. <laughs> I, just, I get to see no. me going. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're Somebody done, give man. him a sedative quick. Yeah. Where's the horse tranquilizers? Yeah. Oh. All righty then. Well, I see you did good. We, we still have 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's on, on my uh, official pod beam clock. Well, it's actually oh, 14, okay. 14 minutes and something seconds there. Uh, so since we're we're a little bit different, this is where we really get different. Uh, since it's just you and I, let's see what what should be next on here. Um, <laughs> I guess. Um, we, of course, no, I we mean, don't I have. I guess we can, you know, mention <laughs> what what. <laughs> So without Eric here talking about the other shows, um, if you want to just do a few things, do your part and let's not worry about Eric's part. Cause, uh, we don't, we don't have privy to that list that he has. That's um, no, I mean, you know, we, we, we acknowledge a few of our Bobby family members, but you know, like the slightly serious show, the old man podcast, John DeVito, it, it's Doomsday and the Mr. Clean Music Show. And, and, you know, and enjoy many others that are in there that, you know, we do, we like Donald Wayne said, we don't have privy to the entire list, but uh, encouraged to definitely check everyone out. And Donald Wayne does a good job of listing those on the shows when he's, when he posts them too. But, um, yeah, we, you know, did you say serious? Go ahead. 
Did you say serious? I may have said serious. The slightly serious. <clears throat> if I did, it's, if I did, it's slightly serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I may have had a. In case he hears <laughs> that, it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> Who like, is what that? Are you doing? I'm My insulted. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but um, you know, look, we uh, we appreciate you uh, listening to us, and uh, we are on every Sunday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And, you know, if you'd like to um, do the whole Twitter thing and Twitter us, then um, do that on Tristalk WG Moon. If you'd like to email us with concerns or questions or suggestions or just send us some pictures of you and the family on an outing, Keep it clean, please, <laughs> at tristalk69pts at gmail.com. Um, you can get us on Facebook, and I encourage you to follow us there as we do post some, a lot of the articles we use, and all the shows are posted there as well. Give us a good old follow there. And um, you can also find us on Spotify at Tristalk and Amazon Music at Tristalk. And as we add more um, outlets to to the list, we will let you know. And make sure to follow us when uh, you uh, do download the podcast, and that will give you alerts on any future shows or postings. So um, we appreciate you. We love you, and we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. Yes, we, uh, of course, usually we're saying this to a few people that are listening to us live, but we do appreciate everybody that uh, will listen to the show, download this show. And we appreciate the support that we've gotten since we uh, were going on, going on 10 months, I think in my head, it's 10 months. Uh, so we're, we're, we're approaching that year mark, Dennis Lee. Trucking uh, them right along. Coming, coming up very, very, very soon. Uh, also, this coming week, we're going to be announcing a contest. Uh, we're trying to hammer Woo-hoo. out the details. Uh, it'll start in the uh, first part of May, but those details will kind of leak those out as, as the week goes on. Um, you know, we just we have to see what's legal to bring into the country before we, <laughs> before we tell out too much. Um that's right. We're, we're working with our legal team, and that team is small, so it may take a minute. So, yeah, I, that's been kind of fun tonight doing this this way. I, I mean, like I say, I, I I kind of miss seeing some of the names that we see in here from time to time, some of our uh, regular followers, but it's been kind of fun doing it this way. And considering some of the problems we had tonight – I'm, I'm wondering if when you well, were talking to me and I couldn't hear you, you weren't saying anything ugly that I had to worry about, were you? <laughs> You'll have to go back and listen <laughs> now, won't you? <laughs> I'm not going to edit this sucker. <laughs> see, that, no. That, I, wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't do that to you. I did uh, talk about your anus, so, um, Well, But other than that... You're um, not the only one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well you know so, one thing we don't have trolls in here so oh that's yeah something we, we don't have to contend with nah 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 nah, nah. We, you know we we bested you tonight yeah we've no, taken uh, care of the troll problem problem solved yep yep so um but anyway i had fun tonight so 
I did as well. The closing thought for tonight is I'm trying to make sure I have the music ready too here. Um, and I've got several good ones here. You know, sometimes I wish maybe I'll do a just show of reading or a segment of mine reading some of these things that I pick up. Um, I think I will go with this one. Common sense is like deodorant. The people who need it most never use it. So uh, I can vouch for that. <laughs> have no, you ever like been that. around? Have you no. ever been around anybody that just they would tell you that they don't believe in using deodorant? Yeah, and they didn't really have to tell me. I already knew. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I know, but, you know, sometimes people forget, right? Uh, no. I mean, what I, have. I like to do is grab a handful of mint leaves and rub them on my pits. <laughs> you know, that's what I do. I just roll with nature. No, but those weren't mint leaves, buddy. That's poison ivy. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, do you ever watch a Western and, and think, or even a movie uh, about life in uh, in America, you know, in the 1700s or something, and imagine how these people smelled all the time? I mean... Yeah, but I mean, it was kind of commonplace, so they didn't know any better. It's like, well... You Everybody know, smelled it's that sexy bad. Sexy for somebody to smell like a horse. So I, I, I mean, I love you know. I love those westerns. You know, a guy cowboy gets off a horse, he saunders over and grabs the woman and just lays one on her. You know, lip locks, and it's like this guy's been riding a horse. He's probably been eating flies and gnats, and uh, mm -hmm. hadn't brushed his teeth. And I can't even imagine. So yeah. Maybe I guess every if everything smells bad, I guess you kind of get accustomed to it. I don't know. Come uh, here, baby. I'm about as dry <laughs> as the Sahara Desert. You, Come or, on or, over here. Are the women in the saloons that uh, the working women in the saloons and they come down and oh they're ready? <laughs> it's just sometimes those things creep oh, into no. my head. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a lot of creeping going on there. No, 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 no. that's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, no. I'm. That's. Uh, I, let me let me just go ahead and play this one. And this is uh, Miley Cyrus, and we'll uh, turn out the lights and be back on Tuesday. This party's over. Stay safe, everybody.
This all and nothing we love and go be sleeping without you. Oh, I need somebody to know, somebody to hear, somebody to have, just to know how it feels. It's easy to say, but it's never the same. I guess I kinda let go when you help me escape. Another day, please, it's a nightfall. So what you love, but now the day goes.